0: Chapter 26 Nananaba and Hashkeh Yishnapa, where the water flows together. For the next two nights, Hashkeh Yishnapa and his two sons waited in anguish for the sound of their sister singing. They ignored Ninanabat's pleas, asking them to stay at the camp. She had new worries that of the soldiers who were becoming bold and that of her husband and her sons bravely going to the river bank to lure their daddy to the river's edge with their songs. While on the bank of the river, Hashkeh Yilnapa sang the sad songs once again. No echo could be heard, only the water rippling against the large boulders in the river was heard. Disappointing ideas began crashing into one another in hushke Yilnaba's head. He would shake his head to keep the ideas from materializing. Each night he sang the sad song to his daughter he wanted so much to see and reunite with his beautiful Ninanaba. On the third night, while the moon remained hidden behind thick clouds, the three men made their way to the river once again. On the bank, Hashkehyechnapa ba prayed to the Creator, then began singing. He began singing the same song once again. The tears freely flowed. Ga listen, Egonapa whispered loudly. Hashkehyechnapa stopped to listen. Were there two voices singing? The men leaned forward toward the swirling waters. They held one another. Njdlt egos Nishd asked egonapa. Once again, Hushkehysnappa <speaking in Spanish> began to sing the song a third time. The men heard two voices faintly singing. The men wished they could run on the surface of the water. Hushkehysnappa <speaking in Spanish> yelled, "Daddy, nish and, daddy." is that you? The men strained their ears. Hashkeh Yishnapa wanted his heart to beat slower so he could hear the response from across the river. Oh, yes, my father. My younger sister, little woman warrior, is also standing right here. Hashkeh Yishnapa was dizzy. His thoughts began crashing into one another. His arms ached to hold his little ones. With his voice so overcome with emotion, he said, Hello, my children. Dear 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 ones. Dear ones. Dear ones. Dear ones. I love the two of you. Your older brothers are also sitting here. Hushke Yishnapa asked his sons to remain there while he ran back to their camp to get the help of the men under his leadership. The men at the camp did not hesitate they ran and stumbled as they followed their leader to the river bank. It was agreed that the brave Nabeho men would make a human rope across the river to bring their leaders two daughters across the river to join their father. Nenanaba and the women were left shaking in fear. What if the men do not get back in time? For when the soldiers came around again when morning arrived? Nananaba's excitement of the possibility of seeing her little one, her oldest daughter, and holding her chased her fear away and replaced it with bravery. She vowed that she would fight the soldiers for her people once again. She was determined to see her daughter and her grandchild on the river bank. Plans were made for creating a human rope. the swift Running river water was cold. Hake ba could barely think as he said, asta." This would have to be done very quickly to keep you from getting too cold, but the men were ready to brave the cold, swift current. Their leader, Hahkekhishhnaba, trained. Them well. The first Nabehuok warrior bravely stepped into the water, then the next warrior, and the next, and more entered the cold water, and as they stepped into place, they locked arms. The running water rocked the brave warriors, but their determination was stronger than the water current. Soon, twenty men had their arms locked together. And Egonapa and Nahatahyanapa stepped into the water, holding on to each man as they half walked and half swam as they crossed the river to greet their sisters. Egonapa and Nahatahyanapa safely reached the other side and told their sisters who they were. Cries of joy could be heard, but there was no time to wait brave warriors were standing in the cold water. Their sister told them of their little ones and their men who were standing near the bank of the river. egonapa and Hatahyanabha looked for the men but did not see anyone in the darkness. Dedyajnazba was helped into the water. She clung on to each man as she moved from one strong body to the next. Next, Nazba followed her sister. Shivering, she drifted from one man to the next as she moved toward the opposite side of the river. Tegunapa and Hatahinapa peered into the darkness to look for their sister's men and their little babies. A strange man appeared and stood quietly on the bank holding a baby. K'ekunabba and Hatahinabba tied the baby to the man's back, and the man began to cross by clinging onto the men's swaying bodies. Khashkehyehnaabba's warriors asked the man to lift himself up by placing his arms around their necks, so his little one would not get soaked or, worse yet, be carried away by the current. A second man greeted Nahat Ahyanapa by saying, Yat is. Hello, my friend, and the two men hugged quickly. The baby the man was holding was tied to his back as they were sent across the river. Once again, Hashkeh warriors asked the man to lift himself up by placing his arms around their necks to prevent his little one from getting soaked or carried away by the current. Hashkeh felt helpless as he stood on the bank while the man near him stood waist-high in the water, holding tightly onto his waist. He heard the sound of chattering teeth. It was one of his daughter's. Father and daughter collapsed into each other's arms. Sobs, deep hurting sobs, was all that was heard. More chattering of teeth. Another daughter collapsed into her father's arms. Sobs from deep within their bodies slowly made their way into the open, cold night air. Hashkeh <speaking> wanted to hold his daughters and not let go, but men's lives were at risk, so he urged his daughters to sit down on the bank of the river to wait for the others to cross. When his daughters disappeared into the darkness to sit down on the bank, Hashkeh was at a loss for words. He just started happily singing the song that brought his daughters back to him. His daughters hummed as their teeth chattered from the cold. Hashkeh Yishnapa pulled a man and a baby from the cold river. The baby that was tied to the man's back was untied and given to Hashkeh Yishnapa. He held the little one tightly in the embrace of his left arm. In terror, Hashkeh Yishnapa Noticed the little one had difficulty breathing, gently Hashkeh breathed gently into the mouth of the little one, and the baby began to cry. He held and rubbed the little one's body to warm his little body. Hashkeh warriors called to their kind leader to tell him another man was coming with a baby on his back. Still holding the first baby close to him, Hashkeh peered through the darkness. A man spoke to him, Yat e ani. Greetings, my leader. Hashkeh grabbed the man's outstretched arms and pulled him onto the bank. Another baby was tied to his back. Hashkeh was beside himself. He untied the baby and asked, Whose baby is this? Daddy's baby, the young Navajo-speaking man answered. Whose baby is that one? asked Hashkekh in confusion. That one is Tzaniyaja's baby. The young man answered again. ba, hugged the little one he was holding in both hands and then asked Is this baby I am holding in my arms maybe a girl? Ashki Dadse maybe a boy? Once again the young man answered and said Ashki a boy. Hashkeh Yishnapa was beside himself. He quickly shifted the baby into his left arm. He just gained two more young warriors. He knew he had to take them back to Tzithijin, Black Mesa, so he could teach his little grandsons the art of being a warrior. Shkeh <inaudible> I will wrestle with my two little grandsons at home. Ashke Yaja, Shiche two little boys, my two little grandsons. Hashke Yajnapa was beside himself. The little one he held in his left arm was leaning into him as if seeking warmth. Hashke wanted to look into the faces of his little grandsons. He was glad it was still dark because he wanted his Ninanaba to be next to him so they could both look into their little grandsons' faces and greet them together. Hashkeh attention was jerked back to the men in the water. He was told one of his sons was coming across and he needed the full attention of his father. Quickly and reluctantly, Hashkeh gave the little toddler to the young man he pulled out of the water. T'ekonapa and Nhat'ahyanapa had grabbed the few bags containing their sister's belongings and had started crossing the river by hanging on to the men. Hashkeh pulled his youngest son safely onto the bank of the river and hugged him really close, then made sure his son was sitting down. His son's teeth were chattering, but he left him to help his oldest son reach safety. With his oldest son safely in his arms, and on the bank of the river, Hashkeh Ba turned toward his children. With the group safely across, each brave warrior held on to one another, as they shuffled their way back onto the bank of the swiftly running river. The young Nabeho men who crossed the river began helping the Nabeho men who were still in the water. When the last man put both of his feet on the bank, the group began hugging one another. Soft cries and sobs could be heard. hush keth brave warriors Cried openly. They had seen the anguish their leader and his family bravely endured. The group made a long procession back to the camping area. From a distance, small fires greeted the cold and water soaked group. Hashkehilnapa entered the camp carrying his little grandsons. Egonapa and Hatahinapa. Carried their weak sisters who were shaking from the cold water. Cold water dripped from the heavy rug dresses of the two sisters. Two strangers followed, carrying all of their belongings in little packages. Ninanaba got up to see what the commotion was all about. Hashke Yilnapa gave Tekiznazba and two Nabeho women, the little ones he carried, asking them to warm the little ones. Then he hurried to tell his nananaba about their daughters. The women gently placed the crying, shivering babies inside their rug blankets to warm up the babies, while other women frantically rubbed the shivering babies' little bodies. Ninanaba was shaking uncontrollably, but not from the cold. Hashkeh helped her to her feet and told her their daughters were being carried to the camp by saying, We brought our daughters back, Hashkeh ba softly said. Ninanaba could not believe her ears. With a confused, wild look in her eyes, she stared into the face of her husband. How could it be, was all she could say. She looked past her husband at the faint outline of the procession of men walking with their deerskin shirts and their pants soaked. They were shivering and their teeth were chattering. Ninanapat shrieked, id, what happened? Her sons walked up to their mother, each carrying one of their sisters in the dim light of the fire. Nananabah looked into her oldest son's face and asked, ish who is that?" Then she looked at her youngest son and asked, Who is that additional one? The young women looked into the eyes of their mother and said quietly, Shema, Shema, my mother, my mother, in unison. Ninanabat wobbled, then grabbed the rug dress she was wearing, hoping it would keep her from falling, and shrieked, Shiyazha Dedi, my little one, Dedi, Shiyazha zaniyaja!" my little one dat danyesh ot is it you oh shema nikhid yes my mother it is us Ninanaba heard her daughter say in her mind she had rehearsed and rehearsed her welcoming words to her daughters but not to both of them at the same time words failed her as she stared into the eyes of her beautiful daughters in the faint light of the fire, Ba <inaudible> stood next to Nananaba to hold her up, but he realized he needed strength to stand as well. Koshinetchiyege, <inaudible> my dear little one. Koshinetchiyege, <inaudible> my dear little one. Koshinetchiyege. <inaudible> My dear little one, my dear little one, was all Nenonabot could cry out. With those simple words, Nenonabot felt a power within her which began to exit from her body in a high-pitched scream. She shook uncontrollably, not from the cold as with her daughters, but from nearly five years of pent-up incredible loss and mourning. Ninanaba grabbed hold of her daughters, and they all slid quietly to the ground. The three women, along with Hashkeh Yilnaba, created one large crying heap. When the women in the camp learned of the rescue and the reunion, they came rushing up and began hugging the three women. They had also been witness to their kind leader's wife's great sense of loss. Ninanaba and her daughters could not be quieted, nor did anyone try. The shivering men stood near the fires and tried warming up. Women and children were told to make room for the men who were soaked through. The children were told to stand next to, in front of, and in back of the shaking men to begin the warming process. Too often in other camps, Nabehoa people could be heard screaming because of the loss of a loved one, so the people in the other camps did not bother to visit the ones they thought were grieving. Heshkeh Yishnaba left the heap of crying women to talk to his brave warriors, Sadni Behadeshigi I have no words to speak to you. Niligi All I am capable of saying to you is thank you. Ashkehy broke down in tears. With each sob a weight was being lifted from his wide, thin shoulders. He continued by saying Nsago aheha oje. a big thank you for helping us. He tearfully shook his men's hands and thanked each one. He promised to reward them once they returned to Dinetra, Navajo land. Seeing their leader's family reunited again was reward enough for the Nabehua men. The men openly cried as they watched the happy, long-awaited reunion. Ninanabot finally came to her senses. She released her daughters when she remembered the rug dresses she wove for her daughters in anticipation of seeing them again. She asked her husband to bring her the bag she carefully protected. She opened the bag and produced two rug dresses and asked, her daughters to take off their tattered, wet dresses that had many holes. The Nabeho women turned their back toward the young women to shield the two daughters as they changed their dresses. As the sun was lazily rising, Nenanaba visited with her daughters to find out each one's personal ordeal that finally brought them to Fort Sumner. Hashke Yishnaba told his warriors they had to change out of their wet clothes before the soldiers came to their camp. The suspicious nature of the soldiers could cause them trouble, he told his men. The cries of a baby reminded Ninanabat's daughters that their babies had yet to meet their maternal grandmother. The grandbabies were brought to Ninanabat. Who once again choked back sobs as she greeted her little ones. Dear ones, the two of you who are my grandchildren. She reached out and picked up the little one Deddy was holding and cradled him in her left arm as she greeted her grandson with tears in her voice by saying, <inaudible> Hello my little grandchild, you are of the water flows together people, you are a warrior, you went to war on behalf of your mother, thank you, I love you my grandchild, dear one. Turning to her second grandchild, Ninanaba asked, Zaniyaje Ashkish, Nile? Zaniyaje softly answered, Oh, Dishiyaja, yes, this is my son. Ninanapa cradled her second grandson in her left arm and tearfully greeted him by saying, Nito ya at you also, hello my little grandson, you are of the water flows together people, you are a little warrior, you went to war on behalf of your mother. Thank you, I love you, my little grandchild, dear one. Yilnapa <laughs> listened to the ceremonial greeting, and when his Ninanaba had greeted her little grandsons, he took Dedi's son and held him in his left arm and began greeting his grandson by saying Yat <speaking> Hello, my little grandson. You are a little warrior of the water flows together, people. You are born for a soldier. Hashkeh heard some of his people gasp, but he continued the greeting by saying, Ma'i dunne, t'ne'e Nana I could egg or a nabe hot <laughs> in a lily. <laughs> a jashinic and nae, slap ushant chin de shake e and de need. I cook a do a chayajin de schneed or leaf. She yajed dot and de schneed or leaf. At Adon Chai, nik eight rahmanza, nit a wheel sah and air. A yo an inch niche yaja, The Coyote Pass people are your maternal grandfathers, and the soldiers are your paternal grandfathers. In that way, you are a young Navajo man. Although you are born for one of our enemies, I have declared you my relative by clan, and from now on, I will call you my little grandson. I will also call you my little one. Now don't cry anymore. You have returned to your relatives. We have missed you. I love you, my little grandson, dear one. After speaking to Tzaniyaje about her little one, Hashkeh also picked up her little baby and cradled him in his left arm and began his greeting of the little one by saying, "Yat esheche yajeh tohye tlini Hello, my little grandson. You are a little warrior of the Water Flows Together people. You are born for the Mescalero people. Once again, Hashkeh heard the people make sounds of surprise. He did not hesitate in declaring his relationship to his little grandson by saying, Ma'idesh Nana nash gala de ne dan a ego a nabe hook de ne lille. A Ishlijin ligo, la bashan <laughs> de shik end need. Akok at do codo a shayajin de schneed or lil. <laughs> NIDOK at adon chai. NIK a NINZA The Coyote Pass people are your maternal grandfathers, and the Mescalero people are your paternal grandfathers. In that way, you are a young Navajo man. Although you are born for one of our enemies who are Indian, I have declared you my relative. And now, from now on, I will call you my little grandson. I will also call you my little one. Now, you also don't cry anymore. You have returned to your relatives. We have missed you also. I love you, my little grandson, dear one. The Nabejo people cried as they listened to Ninanaba and Hashkeh Yishnabba greet their grandsons. They offered such a tender greeting that left a sense of peace that the people had not felt in many, many months. Ninanaba and Hashkeh Yishnabba were told of the kidnap of their daughters as their family listened. Their heart hurt when they learned the truth of their daughters being separated so early into their kidnapping. Ninanabat learned how her Zaniyaja had been married to a man from the Nashkala Mescalero Apache people. Along with her husband, Zaniyaja had been forced to walk to Fort Sumner to become prisoners of war. In their first year at Fort Sumner, Zaniyaja had given birth to her son. Her husband's people had escaped from the fort because they fought frequently with the Nabehu and because of the animosity between the two nations, the Nashgaludna and mistreated Zaniaja and her little one. Zaniaja told her mother and father that although her husband's people had escaped, her husband decided to stay with Zaniaja to protect her and their little one. He had also promised that one day he would help her find her parents. He agreed to live among the Nabehu people because his son was Nabehu. Daddy told her mother and father of the way she was sold to the soldiers at the fort at Sehotso, Fort Defiance. Ba could not believe her daughter was so close and yet so far from her home for nearly one year before being forced to walk to Fort Sumner. Ninanaba was bothered by the fact that her daughter had married one of the soldiers, but she understood why her daughter did so. She knew her daughter was just trying to preserve her life. Deddy further told her mother and father that the soldier had left the fort, and she had not seen him since he left. She nodded toward a young man who took care of her and her son as they walked the dangerous path from Fort Canby to Fort Sumner. The young man had never left their side, but he was not her husband, just their protector. In the full light of the morning, Hashkeh and Nananapa met their son-in-law, who is of the Nashkale Mescalero people, and the young Nabehua man who had protected Dedi. They thanked them and greeted them as their sons-in-law. The happy grandparents saw that both of their grandsons had the characteristics of a Nabehu warrior. Turning to his Nabehu people, Hashkeh Napa said, Di away sheche linigi a na ba hi na ha ba ma yi ch a hnaas <laughs> ba Di do da da do ye Dod a bibit na a da ba jo la go. Bi gha ha a da bíl ii d n te kodin Na a da ho lli Na cha <laughs> bi g e da do l <laughs> a hi These toddlers who are my grandsons both protected their mother just as a warrior would. In the midst of hunger, fatigue, fear and the hatred and torture by their own people they both found us and came running to us. Take care of them for us. We plead with you, my people. Please be kind to them for us. The Nabehua people went to their little hovels and came back bearing little gifts they treasured and offered them to Hashkeh Yithnabba's grandsons. The people then greeted the little warriors and declared them to be their relatives. Ninanapa and Hashkeh Yilnapa were very touched by the gesture of their people. Not knowing there were four people hiding in the hovels, the angry soldiers conducted their daily count of the Nabeho prisoners of war upon the angry departure of the soldiers. The celebration at Haskekh Naba's camp continued. Ba brought out the corn kernels she kept hidden and began grinding the corn between the two rocks her husband picked up from the river bank. Once the grinding of the corn was completed, Ninanaba made blue corn bread and blue corn crepes for her daughters and their little ones. Goats were milked, and jerky was roasted over the open fire, and the people ate and celebrated with their kind leader and his children and his grandchildren. Ninanaba and Hashkeh Yilnapa's daughters met their new sister in law, the wife of their brother Nahat Ahinapa, and they met their adopted siblings. In spite of the incredibly harsh conditions at Fort Sumner, Ninanapa and Hashkeh ba knew the area was sacred because it reunited their family. One cloudy afternoon, Hashkehyalnapa asked Ninanabat to walk with him to the river that ran nearby. As he gently held his Ninanabat on the bank of the river, Hashkehyalnapa thanked the Creator for bringing his daughters back to them. He also thanked the river. He then led Ninanabat down further to a spot where the river waters had been separated by a small island. He then pointed out the spot where the waters were joined back together to mingle and flow together again. Then he said, Shō kwe hwati yin kwe t'hokhidil E Kin don t'onhich'o Don t'onhich'o t'anne t'onl'inig'i nan dashi Look, this spot is sacred. This is where the water flows back together as one river. This is where we brought our daughters and our grandsons and our sons-in-law across the river. This place is sacred because this is where our children reached safety. Ninanabat raised her face toward her husband's face he leaned down and kissed her ever so gently on her lips as their kiss lingered their tongues met and gently kissed Ninana sighed contentedly and leaned her body against her husband's strong thin body his body greeted her with his mound that pressed insistently against her body Hashkeh Yilnabat gently moaned. He reached inside the rug blanket and pulled her body even closer to his. Once again, Nanabat sighed. She loved her children's father. She loved her grandson's grandfather. She loved her husband, and she knew he loved her. She wanted him and she knew he wanted her. Hashkeh <laughs> kept his promise to her. He reunited her with her children. She knew they would return to their land between their four sacred mountains. Ninanaba whispered, Ahyeha shachin shanin Ej Ahyeha shitsokeh shayin eish ayyo'anin Thank you for bringing my children back to me. Thank you for bringing my grandchildren to me. I love you. You are welcome, my little one. Now your mind will rest. Now your body will rest. Now your heart will also rest. I hear a shaschen den haaschen, bes not he did sesigi, nest not kiss a lita, a Thank you for giving me our children. You never once wavered in knowing we would see our children again. Every day I am thankful for you. A slight breeze blew. And a gentle rain shower sent little raindrops of rain to fall on the two lovers as they stood on the river bank, where the water flows together. Nanana Ba looked up into the southern sky. The clouds were no longer crying. She smiled at the creator and breathed a prayer of gratefulness. She knew her family would return back to the safety of their home at the base of Tzilajin, Black Mesa. Slowly, Hashkeh Yilnaba and Inanaba began walking back to their camp to rejoin their children and their grandsons and their sons-in-law who were becoming reacquainted and acquainted with one another. Overwhelmed with gratitude, Ninanabat had much to be thankful for. Thank you, my spiritual father, she whispered.